0: A leak in the boiler room. The poor, the lame, the blind. Who are the ones that we kept in charge? Killers, thieves, and lawyers. God's away, God's away, God's away. Welcome to the Armageddon in Retrospect podcast. This is Jehovah. Today, the story of Adam and Steve. Damn it, I mean Eve. Alright, we'd like to thank Jehovah for recording the intro and sending it down from on high for me today. Thanks, God. I really appreciate that. And later on, we're going to talk about just how incredible it is that he got that to me as he mentioned today we'll be discussing Adam and Eve at least some thoughts I have about Adam and Eve some thoughts that Watchtower has about Adam and Eve and some thoughts that I have about Watchtower's thoughts about Adam and Eve I get it some of it's from the Bible I understand that and I don't want to uh, upset any religious Listeners, I might have, uh, but likely that's going to happen. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Now, I want to say that Jehovah's Witnesses take a very literalist, fundamentalist approach to Adam and Eve; that they're two literal people. They lived six thousand years ago, and they fathered and mothered all of mankind. Now, I there are. I realized upon leaving the Jehovah's Witnesses much more sophisticated ways of interpreting that story and the Genesis account in general than the fundamentalist approach. And I was amazed. I was actually blown away by some of the explanations. Not convinced by them. Not convinced by them. But they made much, much more sense than the belief I held on that topic as a witness. I'm not going to go into a lot of those right here. I'm not. It's just... You can find it, you can look it up. There's plenty of theologians that talk about it. And some of them talk about it as poetry or metaphor or creative myth, however you want to frame it. And okay, great. Uh, But today I just kind of want to talk about the Jehovah's Witnesses and Adam and Eve. I'm going to start out with just some of my thoughts on this. (laughs) I've wasted many a good hour just reflecting On all the issues I have with the story, I guess you could say biblically, but also through the, that came to me through the Jehovah's Witnesses, so that's what I related to. Now, the objective of the future paradise, let's start there. Future paradise, the objective, according to my understanding, what Jehovah's Witnesses teach, is to be made perfect like Adam and Eve. The same Adam and Eve that supposedly fucked over all of mankind. My question, what's the point of being perfect if you're still going to make mistakes? Think about this. Think about it. A perfect serpent was used by a perfect rebellious angel and got perfect Eve to eat the perfect fruit using perfect lies. And then Perfect Eve got Perfect Adam to eat said fruit using her perfect uncovered breast. Well, the part about the breast is how I imagine it happening because something had to be clouding the clarity of this man's thinking. And in my mind, there's nothing that'll do it more than that. Imagine Eve approaches him. So I was talking to the snake and I ate some of the fruit. (laughs) and he's convinced by her because he's not listening (laughs) he just could not have been listening to what she was saying he just was off in another world and just nodding along and yeah sure you want me some fruit I'll eat some fucking fruit who cares but just think about all of that imperfect perfection and that is the aim for all mankind to return to that I had this awareness, kind of this distinct awareness, even as a witness that no matter how perfect I would become, I too would throw it away if confronted with uncovered breasts. No, (laughs) I'm joking here. I would throw it away somehow. I would somehow manage to be an imperfect, perfect person. (laughs) and I'd make mistakes, and then God would destroy me. That was my thought. Now, there's other worthless thoughts I have that kind of spin off of that one. For example, according to the Bible and Jehovah's Witnesses, they push this narrative that Adam and Eve had not yet conceived any children before they ate the fruit. And they also teach that when God presented Eve to Adam, That was their wedding. That was the equivalent of a marriage ceremony. Now, think about this. This is my opinion. The Watchtower wouldn't say this. Adam wanted a companion. He's apparently kind of loafing around, and he's looking at the animals, and he's like, male, female, male, female. Hmm, something isn't right here. And he's watching animals and the animals are humping and humping and humping. And he's like, "Mm, probably was thinking about masturbating or something. And God steps in, right? No, no, can't have that. No, no masturbation here. Anyways, (laughs) so now he gets a perfect woman who's naked. Don't you find it hard to believe that they don't fuck on their wedding night? After all of that, God even commands them to fuck nonstop and make mountains of babies. <laughs> it's a commandment. Fill the earth. And what are they doing on their wedding night? They're apart. And then next thing you know, Eve is she's naked. She's off talking to a snake by a fucking fruit tree. And Adam, what's he doing? He's just loafing around by himself? And there you have it. Two perfect people in the worst marriage ever. Can you imagine both being virgins and not even trying to get some on your wedding night? God, that's paradise? Can't be paradise. Just can't be paradise. Some other points. I'm going to do some do some uh, watchtower quotations here cuz this is some good stuff right here. Okay. Let's start out. I'm just going to the Watchtower Index with some things that called my attention. Insight on the Scriptures, volume 1, under the topic beard. Oh, this should be interesting. Since most semites are pictured as wearing beards even prior to the time of the law, it would logically follow that the faithful men of the line of Shem, who continued to speak the language of Eden, and who doubtless—how they say that? Just matter of fact, to speak the language of Eden, of course, and who doubtless followed more closely the original customs from the time of their forefather Shem, possessed beards. Consequently, there is good reason to believe that Noah, Enoch, Seth, and Adam likewise were bearded men. According to my understanding, were knives even invented yet? I mean, Adam's not eating meat, and he's not supposed to stab anybody, so he doesn't have a knife to to trim his beard, let alone a Mach 3 fucking three-bladed razor. Of course he had a beard, and it's so funny when you look at the wash pictures of him, because it's this neatly trimmed beard, it's perfectly trimmed, his chest hair is perfectly trimmed, he has a haircut from the fucking cost cutters at the mall, (laughs) all the time how did the guy do it is i mean is this what perfection actually is jehovah just manscapes you (laughs) it must be it must be anyways that's on adam's beard moving along this should be good communication with jehovah let's do this this is a watchtower of 89 august 1st pages 11 through 19 article please don't go and read it oh my god paragraph seven Listen to this question for this paragraph. See if you can find the answer. It's very challenging. Why was Adam not mystified for long about finding himself alive and in the paradise garden? Not for long was the first man, Adam, baffled about the situation in which he found himself alive and alone. With no one else like him visible in the paradise garden, he heard a voice. Someone speaking. The man understood it. But where was the speaker? The man saw no one doing the speaking. The voice came from the invisible, the unseen realm, and it was addressing him. It was the voice of man's maker, his creator. And the man could answer him in the same kind of speech. Oh words are coming out. He found himself talking with God, the creator. The man needed no modern scientific radio receiver to hear the divine voice. That's a big tin four, big guy. God conversed with him directly as his creature. <laughs> Oh my god, this is killing me. So, i am just, hold on a second. Let's imagine how this conversation goes. Hi Adam, I'm Jehovah. Nice to meet you. I made you from that dirt over there and put you in this garden. Hope that's okay. You're not wearing clothes, but don't worry about them. They haven't been invented yet, and you don't actually realize that you're naked. I want you to have fun here. It is paradise. Just don't eat from that fucking tree over there or else. My main quality is love. But if you touch that fucking tree over there, I will kill you. That's pretty much it. This is harder than I imagined it would be. What do you want to talk about? Oh, right, right, right. I just made you. You don't have any memories, experiences, or context for your existence yet. Here, um, name these animals. I haven't gotten around to it, and it will be a pain in the ass. Let me know when you finish up. Bye. That's how I imagine it happening. And Adam just sitting there baffled. How was he talking to me without a modern scientific radio receiver? Hmm. <laughs> what are these conversations like? I, I, I'm kind of curious about it. You know, really thinking about it. Uh, uh, I just imagine it being kind of awkward and forced. You know, I, I, you're a naked man. You're standing out in the field. And just talking to the sky? Huh. Awkward. Awkward. Moving along. Alright, we have another excellent subject line here in the index. We are going to talk about (laughs) how Adam (laughs) named the animals. I did make a reference to that in my uh, Jehovah voice there. This is from the Watchtower of 2016, the January edition, page 29. Paragraph 3. Jehovah also invited humans to work along with him. For example, he allowed Adam to name the animals. What pleasure must have brought Adam to observe these creatures, to study their characteristics, and to decide what name might be appropriate for each one of them? There's an exclamation point there. Jehovah could have named the animals himself. He created them. Yet he lovingly allowed Adam to name them. So apparently, Jehovah has all these bastard animals running around with no names. I mean, can you really? I in the Old New World translation, if you were Jehovah's witness, that's their translation of the Bible. There was a map on the inside of the cover, and it shows it says "Garden of Eden" and the location on the map. Question mark, and it's just kind of a landlocked, you know, piece of property. In the, in the Middle East, it's not even on the ocean. So, can you imagine this task? Here's Adam. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'll call that one vegan lion. And oh, uh, this is a beached whale. And oh my God, what the fuck is that? Uh, Duckbill uh, platypus. Jesus Christ, what the fuck? Yeah, it's just weird. Weird. I mean, <laughs> how did these animals... It's kind of like the Noah Ark problem, right? Like, how did these at, these animals get brought to this garden for him to name? I mean, just millions of species get brought to him, and he's naming them. It seems like it would get boring after a while. Let's be honest. Not that you get bored observing animals, but trying to think up names for them? That's some real pressure right there. No wonder why this guy cracked. <laughs> just like... It's like... A, what you know is pretty much he was doing like an excel spreadsheet probably <laughs> it just sounds like boring administrative work it's just oh god here comes here comes more oh there oh look at this line look at this line excuse me take a number take a number uh so yeah so adam <laughs> apparently named all the animals Thanks, adam we really appreciate that now i made reference to this as well talking about adam and eve's marriage and Adam's time before being married, which apparently was just as good as his time after being married, if not better. And there's a an article, Watchtower 89, August 1st, pages 14 to 15. I think I've already made a reference to the article. Paragraph 19 it says, um, and it's under the heading, alone but not lacking in joy. <laughs> Man's education at the hands of his Heavenly Father was not over. Man took care of the Garden of Eden without anyone else like him on earth to join him or help him. As far as his kind, the human kind, was concerned. He was alone. He did not go on a search to find someone like him with whom to have earthly company. He did not ask God, his heavenly father, to give him a brother or a sister. His aloneness as a man did not drive him finally mad and take the joy out of living and working. He had companionship with God. Really? (laughs) Really? I'm just imagining Adam now, just kind of out wandering. Hello? 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 Anyone? 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 Are there any other humans? 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 No? No? Apparently, his company from God was lacking. <laughs> Why? Why? Just think about this. I mean, their relationship anyways... You know, thinking about him communicating with God, and now him not being lonely because he has Jehovah there by his side that he can just hang out with anytime. Hey, Jehovah, uh, do anything later? You want to come over and play Fortnite? <laughs> and it's just—it's so this notion is so ridiculous because they're making statements about and they do this a lot, what Adam didn't say. And the fact is, is we have no fucking clue what Adam wanted, what his desires were, whether he was alone, not alone, whether he asked for something, he didn't ask for something. Obviously, God himself looks at the man and says it's not good for him to be alone. What does that mean? If you look at somebody and you say, hey, it's not good for that person to be alone. Aren't you calling them lonely in a way? <laughs> I mean, isn't that what you're driving at with that, you know, that comment? But no, no, he was perfectly joyful and complete. And God was just like, uh, oh, bang, here's a woman there. Um, I know you didn't want her or need her, but you got her now. You got her now. So what are you going to do? <sighs> he wasn't lonely, though. Not Lonely, and now the heading of work. Watchtower of 89, July 15th, page 6. When God created the first man Adam, he gave him both manual and mental work to do. <laughs> you just imagine Adam sitting there. Joe was like, Here's some uh sudokus, fill these out. Um, this mental work for you to do. Having a subjection to all other earthly creatures, Adam had managerial work to do. <laughs> you're hey, welcome to paradise. You're now a middle manager. Why are you so happy? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just don't get what they're saying. You know why? It's because people at Bethel love managerial work, and they think that that's a positive. <laughs> all right. <laughs> continues as long as adam abided by this arrangement his work remained meaningful and worthwhile each small work assignment meant another opportunity to please the most high yes there you go you get to live all of eternity being a complete suck up (laughs) a middle manager suck up aren't you happy aren't you blessed to be in paradise don't you want to make it into paradise So you can be a middle manager and you can suck up not only to Jehovah, not only to Jesus, but to the anointed, the governing body up in heaven. You can suck up to them, too, because they're going to have part in making you perfect. That's what they say. So why not? (laughs) And one final point here. Let's go. Under the heading, Lack of Faith, Watchtower of 91, September 15th, pages 9 and 10, paragraph 2. And there is some subtle, not so subtle messaging here. And Adam just (laughs) happens to be the vehicle that Watchtower is plucked from the Bible to use to get a message through. And it's a big one. It says, Adam's future happiness seemed to be jeopardized when his wife, Eve, Disobey Jehovah. Oh, boy. Eve. We don't want to say it's her fault or the woman's fault, but it's typically always the woman's fault. Anyways, this is what they're doing here. Why, the very thought of losing her put the first man's faith to the test. Nowhere in the fucking Bible does it make that point. And this is where the messaging is coming in. Because now what they're trying to do is say... The problem with Adam is he put family before God. He put his wife before Jehovah. And that was a test to his faith that he failed. That's the messaging here. Listen, it continues. Could God solve this problem in such a way to ensure Adam's continued happiness and welfare? By joining Eve in transgression, Adam showed that he apparently did not think so. He attempted to solve the problem his in italics his way rather than earnestly seeking divine guidance. Oh you son of a bitch. How dare you solve a problem with your own brain? (laughs) And that's what the watchtower is getting at you right now. Don't try to solve this problem your way. No are you nuts? Solve it our way. Uh, I mean, Jehovah's way. <laughs> That's what we mean, yeah. Jehovah's way. Our way. Don't trust yourself to solve the problem. And then finally, failing to exercise faith in Jehovah, Adam brought death upon himself and all his offspring. So there we go. Just terrible things are going to happen if you don't listen. So there's a couple of points here that they're trying to make, and that is is that your family always comes second to us and don't if your family member leaves the religion don't try to solve that problem your way no 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 seek our guidance we'll tell you what to do with that family member that's transgressed but don't join them don't listen to them don't choose them over us aka god so that's the point here they're using for adam and they're (laughs) blaming they shit on adam for blaming eve but they're kind of in a way they're you know backhandedly blaming her for all of this and saying you know he should have phoned one in to jehovah why didn't he why didn't he just hold on one second hold on one second hey jehovah uh didn't you say not to eat the fruit Like, why didn't he do that? I think it goes back to what I said in the beginning. The man was obviously distracted. And now I'm starting to think. Now I just had an epiphany. Maybe Adam was a little person, and I am his ancestor, and I have inherited his attention span. That has to be what it is. (laughs) I'm starting to think that that was possibly the case now. I'm starting to rethink this whole story and its role in my life. Not being serious here. So those are a few points about Adam. I hope you enjoy them. Some of my thoughts on there. I just want to point out real quick at the end that none of this is to make fun of Jehovah's Witnesses as individuals. It's just kind of the, sometimes the doctrines are a little ridiculous. But please, if Jehovah's Witnesses come to your door, don't mock them. Don't think they're less intelligent. Don't think you're superior for not being a Jehovah's Witness. I know this goes without saying, but I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, they're humans. I at one point in my life believed this stuff. You know, I had doubts and questions, but I did believe it. I, I would have defended it um, vigorously, let's say, and and I, I was ridiculed as a Jehovah's Witness and laughed at from the door. It doesn't feel good, and it doesn't really help. So I'm just throwing that out there. None of this information I give is for that reason. Um, treat all their humans that deserve it with kindness, please. That's just the, the bottom line here. Just putting that in as a message at the end. Uh, another announcement that I will never follow through on is that I bought the equipment to start making these a video podcast as well. I don't know why I would do that. <laughs> my face does not help matters at all, but I think I would like to put something out on YouTube, maybe just for a little more reach I know there's an abundance, but it never hurts to have another voice out there. So I'm hoping at some point this will turn into a um, YouTube channel and also have an audio-only version that will continue. Uh, so putting that out there, I don't know when I'll actually do it. I Every time I get a glimpse of myself on uh, camera, it I just have to delete it immediately. So I'm trying to get over that hump, if you will. Um, I've been getting some great emails, direct messages. Thank you so much. I'm on Instagram at Armageddon Podcast, or you can email me, Armageddon Podcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you, and thanks again for listening. There's a leak in the boiler room. The poor, the lame, the blind. Who are the ones that we kept in charge?